Welcome to As Read by Frank Heron. Good morning, guys. It's Monday. No, it's Sunday, March 10th, 2019. It's a sunny Sunday here in Los Angeles. I know it's been a while since my last episode, but I've been battling being sick on and off. That, unfortunately, I've been super busy. But yeah, um, I miss you guys. I've been trying to come up with some fresh ideas for the show. So today I wanted to talk about Tinder a little bit. I have this podcast idea that um, involves me being a third wheel on Tinder dates. Mostly to study interactions, chemistry, and overall judging of the date. I don't know who would be game for this, but I'm sure some of you would definitely be open to the idea. And honestly, I feel like I would much rather do that than go on my own personal Tinder date. And that's for my own personal reasons. Oh, I'm so tired. Time change from today really messed me up. I think I got like five hours of sleep. For me, that just doesn't cut it. I usually need at least like six to sustain myself the entire day. And that's with my usual cup of coffee. So back on to the Tinder topic. When I was young in middle school, I always remembered playing Cupid. You know, like, damn, Jimmy likes Nicole? Come to find out later that Nicole also likes Jimmy? Oh man, they both don't don't know how they feel about each other, but they could totally work out. My friends from around the neighborhood, my schoolmates, anyone who was in my life got to see me as a matchmaker way early in my life. I remember being able to match several of my friends in relationships. I mean, who does that at such an early age? It's cheesy, but little did I know I was impacting all those lives as a child myself. So I grew up in a small town in New Jersey called Burlington. It had a decent sized population, not overcrowded and not underpopulated. It wasn't one of those small towns where you knew everybody's business. I had about roughly 250 in my class itself. So here are the three ways I navigate my Tinder. Ready or not, one, if they live within a five to 10 mile radius and I happen to find them incredibly attractive, I will want to swipe right, but I may get paranoid. So instead, <laughs> I change my mind and left click instead. A little bit of self-sabotaging behavior I need to work on have the results that I want. Two, most of the time, I won't want to meet up with them right away. I want to take my time getting to know you through text, phone calls, and eventually finally hanging out. If I know we have, if we have forged together a strong bond after a consistent amount of time, I will absolutely feel more comfortable to have you in my presence. I need consistency whether I see you as a friend or more. Most can't stomach that and want to meet up 
right away, right after first matching. And I understand that because most likely, you know, the other person and you, they want to know what your vibes are like, your energy. They don't want to waste their time texting. And I, and I get that. Most humans want immediate interaction with those they have matched with. But for me, I much prefer to take my time. I want to see if it's worth it. I have a high imagination and taking the time getting to know you is exciting for me and builds idealism. Something I particularly long for. Honestly, I don't find any excitement in in getting together immediately. It takes a lot for me to decide if I feel comfortable enough with you to possibly have you in my presence. Believe it or not, I'm fine with social interactions and actually do quite well in in group settings. However, I most prefer one-on-one interactions. Three, I don't have a type, but I love intelligence and beautiful faces. I also really care about your inner soul. If you're a shitty person with bad energy, I'm not going to be interested in getting to know you. I try to be really careful with who I surround myself with. So yeah, if you're game at all for me to study your date, your interaction, or just to study you in general, uh, feel free to email me at asreadbyfrank at gmail.com. That is the new email. So yeah, again, it is at asreadbyfrank at gmail.com. And you can contact me anytime, email me, and you know, I'll get back to you as soon as possible. So today, the article I wanted to share with you guys is called 30 Struggles All INTJs Can Understand. And this is written by Andrea Lawrence. The INTJ is one of the rarest personalities in all of the personality kingdom. We probably need more of them as they are generally one of the smartest and most intuitive. They are the face of many villains. You could do a Google search on INTJ villains and a number of them will pop up from Draco Malfoy, Palpatine, Magento, Mr. Burns, or Jake's dad from Adventure Time. This personality type is a much needed part of your reality. They can see things that maybe the rest of us don't quite have the jewels to see. The INTP is free-flowing in thought and somewhat indecisive and may not have all their sheep in order. An INFJ will sacrifice logic for the abstract, is feeling-oriented, and is humanity-driven to the core. The INTJ is like the INTP, but sharp and focused. The INTJ isn't near as spontaneous as the INTP. The INTJ are like the INFJ except their ethics can be different. They know when to hit the destruct button rather than make sacrifices INFJ folk find so appealing. The INTP and INFJ are probably the most similar to the INTJ because these three are often considered the most intelligent in Myers-Briggs. 
INTPs top the IQ charts. They're a machine for intellect problem solving, but their emotional intelligence is weaker and often a thorn in the side. The INTJ usually scores right after them. The INTJ is super intelligent, but doesn't like to veer from the path as much as an INTP. In comparison, INTJs are not as spontaneous. They're not as grounded, but they do have a better handle on their emotions, sort of. Whether they want to admit it or not, FI isn't exactly their best friend either. They've most likely focused so much on developing NI and TE that their FI doesn't seem as practical to use and is very deep in the back of their mind. INTJs can erupt with emotion that no one else in the room expected, but they felt the entire time. This is why INTJs make for great villains. The emotions are often held back, but when it peaks, if not fostered correctly, it can be very dark, angry, and depressing. Struggles of the INTJ Number 1 INTJs have an overwhelming need to be by themselves. They would be happy on an island where they can think all day. And that island would be structured perfectly, neatly, during all hours of the day. And everyone goes to bed at a reasonable time. You can study all you want and not be bothered and can finally focus on your favorite ideas. An INTJ could live on an island with all other INTJ personalities and never interact with them. And most likely be very content. All problems solved, humanity is at status quo, all good, right? 2. She has confusion as to why people can't see the most logical solution. Immediately. Then she will have to communicate the logical prowess from her brain out of her mouth, which works, of course, but can be a bit blunt if not careful. INTJs talk with their logical brain and complain in their head with their emotions. 3. They have trouble being able to get into a relationship until they're older. These folk love to date other INTJs. Many may choose a hermit independent life for years, or they may get caught up in the dream of a person with more emotional reasoning as their primary or secondary function. You may get lost in the whirlwind of dating an ENFP, but an ENTP might be a better choice. Actually, I really think an ENTJ makes the most sense. That P quality can really egg an INTJ on. 4. He will become obsessive about details, whether a stream of facts or metaphors. Um, like getting stuck on numbers, buttons, rows, and columns, particular sounds, and repeating patterns. To the outside person, an INTJ being stuck on a pattern that he's discussing can sound like a car going out of order or stalling. 5. They know how to be a protector of people and also know how to bite into a person's deepest fears, egos, and stupidities. They have a whole series of things that annoy them. Sorry, this is number 6. They 
think well through the mind and have made lots of unique systems for themselves linguistically, mathematically, and scientifically. This may cause them to do humanitarian work out of guilt rather than love. Why is this an issue? They'll have a difficult time connecting with people and will be stuck connecting with the idea of people. Well, that sounds like me, guys. Seven, being a bit too systematic to the point where creativity is lost. Then they will force spontaneous creativity, which may be hard to follow or glitchy. Eight, sensory difficulties. They may not be in touch with their body, but they think they are. And this may cause you pain, sudden falls to the floor, getting sick, or sudden impairment. Nine, feeling a strong need to only be with the same kinds of people, but also to live together on an island where no one has to talk to one another. 10, feeling left out in group settings, but unable to fully express why. They may want to be left out, They're not sure how to express your feelings because they're abstract and not necessarily understood by others. There's a genuine complex in having logic easily come out, emotions rush out, and getting people who are less equipped for thought on the same page, if there is a same page. 11. Weird moments of performance ability that no one was expecting. Wait a minute, you can be an actor? You do poetry? What is this painting? There's sides to you that we were not expecting. Like when my friend suddenly decided to dress up like a mountain. Why? Number 12. So strategy-minded at times that others can be hurt. You don't mean to hurt others, just sometimes you gotta be curt. 13. Feeling as though you could be king of your domain, but are too into solving problems for the greater good that you come off more like a chancellor or wizard hermit. But you wouldn't mind having a wizard hermit hat. Wizard hermit hat. 14. You may struggle with crowd dynamics. They may be too busy and too unpredictable and also lead to unfavorable circumstances or conclusions. 15. A love for ideas that can often be difficult to match. You could sit and think about things for an entire day. You could sit and recite speeches in the bathroom and no one would know it. People often miss out on the full beautiful picture that you are. 16. A massive, a massive amount of introspection, self-talk, and a dark side fueled by knowing too much evil. There's a reason several of the great blockbuster trilogies have villains of this personality type. 17. I have never seen someone cook in a more strange way than an INTJ. I'm not sure how your brain is processing how foods come together, but dumping a lot of paprika is usually not the best way to go. This personality has a mad scientist like mine, so I assume bad trials are sometimes favorable. 18. You want people to make their own decisions, but sometimes you don't like their decisions. You'd prefer they listen to you and follow through with it, but you don't want to be an asshole about it. 
you just think they're going about it the wrong way. 19. These souls could have many caves that people don't know from about from movie theaters, long walks, grocery stores, or closets. 20. Sudden moments of disengaging from group activities to go on walks of your own, which confuses people more than you like. 21. Constantly being blindsided by the strangest things, which can also cause paranoia. How in the world did I not see that flying pig coming? 22. Having strange interests in things that others quite don't understand or connect with. Niche interests. Collecting stamps and learning spells from ancient Norwegian books. 23. I need to conquer something. But Lord have mercy, what? What am I supposed to conquer? To the cave! We are on 24. Okay, sudden needs for things to be cleaned that really don't matter whether they're clean or not like the baseboards or dust behind the TV. Peculiar interests in cleaning. Let's put it that way. 25. They sometimes tend to respond to conflict with logic and reason, rather than the desired emotional need. 26. You don't really care what a lot of people think that much, which can be confusing. You're not for the bandwagon. You are a rebel. You really honestly think you're right. You are right. But I hate to tell you this. You are not always right. That's how the INTP beats you every time. And how the INFJ knows how to skirt around you. You need those two to be your friends, as well as the ENFP, ENTJ, and ENTP. They balance out some of your stubbornness. 27. Intuition that is lightning speed fast and addictive, but can leave you feeling empty-handed or excessively stubborn. 28. They are able to leave a relationship which should be ended, although they may dwell it in their minds for a while afterwards. 29. Perfection can be their bane. They're constantly looking for it. Obsessed, I would say but could sacrifice too much for it, like their time, relationships, and finances. 30. Have no patience with inefficiency and confusion. Dum, dum, dum. I want to thank you guys for listening to this week's podcast. Um, I apologize for the delay. I know it's been about a month or so since the last time I made an episode. But um, yeah, for any comments, suggestions, or anything you guys have, feel free to email me at asreadbyfrank at gmail.com. And you spell the Frank uh, F-R-A-N-C-K. Have a great day. Thanks, guys.